Welcome back to another edition of Locked On Longhorns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Jonathan Davis, the voice of University of Texas football and basketball. Thank you, as always, for making Locked On Longhorns your first listen of the day. We have a very good show for you on this Friday, our first edition of Fan Fridays. We'll be doing this once or at least twice a month. This is something I want to do on the podcast. And today we got Andre Myers Washington, who grew up in Austin. He's been a UT fan his whole life. Andre, I'm glad to have you on the podcast. What's up, man? What's up, man? What's up, man? Welcome. Thank you for having me here, man. I really appreciate it. Of course, of course. So we'll be reliving some of the glory days of UT sports and uh, talk about uh, what Andre thinks UT will do in the Big 12 this year and his thoughts on them moving to the SEC. So first, Andre, let's get right into it. My first question for you is, what is your earliest memory as a UT fan? Uh, so my, my earliest memory, uh, to be honest, man, I really can't even think I can dig that far. To be honest, probably my earliest memory was watching Ricky Williams play um, against Rice, the UT game. I think I'm not sure of the year, man. I probably was like in second grade, but that's my earliest memory, like seeing them live. Of course, I probably watched them play on TV and everything, but my memory isn't as clear um, in trying to pick something out from that from that time frame. But Ricky Williams live at, at DKR Royal Stadium against Rice. Yeah, definitely. Uh, probably my earliest memories, too, were of Ricky Williams. I, I didn't become a huge UT fan until after uh, UT won the championship. My, my glory days of UT kind of were the Colt McCoy era. Uh, so really, my earliest memories, being a fan fan, uh, was after Vince Young beat uh, USC in the Rose Bowl. But definitely, uh, Ricky Williams was just an iconic member of that Texas Longhorns football team. So that's probably just my first early memory uh, of thinking about UT was was Ricky Williams. Okay, okay. That's so who is your all-time favorite Longhorn and why? To be honest, man, that's, that's tough. You know, I, I don't even think I can pick one. Do I have to pick one? No, you don't have to pick one. You can pick a couple. Uh, okay. Definitely, you can well, pick a couple. Um, I probably have a couple, too. One from football and one from basketball. Well, I'm going to say Nathan Vasher. Um, That's a good one. That's a good one for sure. Um, Michael Huff, um, Romans Taylor, uh, and that's probably about it. And, and a lot of people probably forgot about him, but I'm going to say Chucky Brown. Um yeah, that's it. And then I got to throw VY up there. But Nathan Vasher, Roman Taylor, Michael Huff are my three. And, and and Michael Griffin, those 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 guys. Majority of them are on defense, you know, because I played defense growing up and stuff. But yeah, those are my those are my top UT players in my in my time. If I had to pick anybody, um, yeah. So. I, I would say, man, if I take that back, well, I'm ask somebody else as of current or at least the past like five years. Um, what's his name? He was, I think he was a twin. He plays for the Tennessee Titans now. I forgot his name. He's a running back. Um, Deontay Foreman? Yeah, Deontay Foreman. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he was really good. I, I like Deontay Foreman. Uh, I really like the Nathan Vasher pick uh, for sure. I like that one. So, if I had to pick one from UT football, I was thinking about this earlier when I knew that I would ask you. And this is kind of the first name that came to mind, uh, Brian Arakpo. That was probably my favorite uh, UT player. He just was a dog uh, on yeah. defense. 
definitely he could do everything. Uh, he had a great NFL career too. Mm-hmm. So I have to say Brian Arakpo, but of course, you know this, my favorite UT player of all time. I got the jerseys, I got the shoes, Kevin Durant, the the, the best basketball player in UT history, one of the best basketball players in NBA history. Uh, been a super fan of, of KD since he was at UT, since the, the reports came out uh, that he couldn't bench 135 pounds, he couldn't bench a plate on each side. <laughs> so Kevin Durant is definitely my all-time uh, favorite UT athlete. I really don't think that will ever change. Uh, but some really good answers there on, on your favorite UT athletes. You really can't go wrong uh, with any of them. We'll talk a little bit about Colt McCoy uh, later in the podcast. But, you know, Colt McCoy was always one of my favorites uh, as well until that uh, 2009 championship game. Well, I, I, I know I heard you. I know this is basketball and, and football based, but outside of those two sports, um, the person who probably would sit above all, you know, all of those guys that I pick is probably Brendan Christian. You know, he ran track. So, you know, if you never done your research or the my, you know, after this podcast, I would advise you to take your time out and just re- research Brendan Christian. Okay. Okay. You heard it here first from Andre Myers Washington, Brendan Christian, UT track legend. Make sure you check him out. Okay. Outside of the national championship, what is the best game you've ever seen from the University of Texas? Or we'll modify it a little bit. Outside of the national championship, what is the best game or moment you've seen from the University of Texas in your time as a fan? Man, that's tough. I'm going to pick on – I've seen so many games, but I'm going to go with um, when we when we beat Oklahoma State, um, came back. I think we was down like 21-7 or 21-0, and that's when Ben Chun did the pump fake, had old boy stuck in the air. And then um, – and then maybe like two years ago, I think it was two years ago or a year ago, when Sam Ellinger and them came back and beat Texas Tech, um, that's probably – that's like one of the very like crazy chaotic moments um, that I've, I guess, um, experienced outside of the missed field goal against – what was that, Cal, when Charlie Strong was the coach. But, yeah, yeah those are my three. Those are my three experiences, man. Uh, I would. Def- this was probably the toughest question uh, that I knew I would ask. Uh, I definitely probably have to say, and, and this is, I guess, an easy one because it was in person. Uh, but when we went to the game, I think it was in 2019, was it 2018 or 2019? Mm-hmm. Uh, we went to the Oklahoma State game in Austin. That's the only UT game I've been to uh, in my life. Uh, so my first time uh, being at the UT Stadium, and it was just electric. Um, it was a really good game until the end. I think Oklahoma State was down like 21 at one point came back and almost tied it if they didn't tie it. And then UT won it at the end with a field goal. That was a really good game. So that's probably uh, my best UT moment as a fan. Coming up next, I'll ask Andre what his reaction was to UT winning the national championship in 2005. And also we'll talk about what was more disappointing as a UT fan, the infamous Michael Crabtree Crabtree catch by Texas Tech or the national championship loss to Alabama with Colt McCoy. But first, Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football continues its march through the playoffs, right to the big game in a couple weeks. BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just football. Bet Online has up to the minute info on pro and college hoops, NHL, boxing, UFC, along with live, real time updates of current games. 
Don't wait to take advantage of all the new amazing offers available for the 2022 season. Bet online where the game starts. All right, Andre. So, of course, probably the biggest UT moment in all of our lives. You know, we're young. We're, we're uh, close to 30. Um, so this is this was the, the, the premier moment for us. What was your reaction to UT winning the national championship in 2005? Just go through that season. Um, did you think UT was going to be able to win the championship? Did you think they were capable of knocking off uh, the juggernaut team in, in USC with Reggie Bush and, and Matt Leiner? And, and then how did you feel uh, when Vince Young ran in that touchdown to give us the 41-38 win over Pete Carroll and the USC Trojans? Uh, man, that's a great question. Uh, just – well, the year before, to be honest, like back then in the early 2000s, mid-2000s and late, you know, in the 90s, the biggest hump for UT, and I can probably say this for the other opponent, which OU was whoever determined that game, you know, was either going to go play in the national championship if they can probably get past Nebraska at the time, right? Um but I definitely knew we had the the opportunity when we beat Michigan the year before. And when we backdoored and when we beat Oklahoma that year, it became real because that's when they actually started, like, really blowing people out, you know. So it was like a real thing. I don't even think there was, like, a close game, a close call of, like, actually losing a game after the OU game because the real test to that was when we beat Ohio State. When we beat Ohio State, I was like, all right, now we can go beat Oklahoma. We went and beat Oklahoma, and then we just ran through the rest of the Big 12. I think they put up like 70 points on Colorado in the Big 12 championship. But um, that moment was it's like, I don't know, bro. It's just being from Austin and experiencing it, going down the 6th Street with your mom when they win, you know, when they won the game. It was crazy. I was in seventh grade. And I want to say about at least 50% of the school and my classmates were going for USC just because of Reggie Bush. You know, people from Austin were, were going against the Longhorns and it just, it was crazy. But when they won, it wasn't, it wasn't nothing you could say. I mean, I went to the celebration at DKR, you know, and had to sit there and hear Vince Young say how he wasn't returning in his suede jumpsuit, you know, but that was a great time. And we've been really riding that for forever. You know, and I think that's where we're at, and that's where that that was the standard for UT. You know, and it, it's always going to be the standard. And that's where we're trying to get back to. But it was a great moment. You know, I tell people all the time, like, bro, I really experienced UT win a championship. You know, I watched it live with my mom and my cousins and my dad. So yeah, it was great. No, definitely for real. So, so my reaction was a little different uh, before that. I wasn't into to sports as nearly as much as I am now. Definitely UT football. Uh, the only team I was really uh, just super rooting for was uh, the Cowboys at that time. And I was living in Georgia. And I came back to it. So ironic. I came back to Texas for one year in seventh grade in 2005. And that's ultimately the year they won it. But I wasn't really into UT football. But I just saw my grandpa watching it and they kept winning. And I noticed, okay, I was like, this is a really good team. Um, and I saw how good USC was. Of course, everybody like resonated. Uh, with Reggie Bush. He was just so electric in college. Everybody loved him. Uh, but I was like, man, this is crazy. Like UT really in Austin, like they're about to compete um, with, you know, with Matt Leinard and, and, and Reggie Bush and them. And and then when they got to the championship game, I, I remember watching it and I, I still didn't really know how much of a chance UT had. Um, and that's just one of a lot of people say it's the best game in college football history. 
And I just remember them winning the game. And I had a T-shirt. Uh, my grandpa brought me a T-shirt, like 2005 National Champions UT. And I used to wear it to middle school like once every two weeks. Like that was my favorite shirt. It was white with the burnt orange on the front. I looked like that was one of my favorite shirts. I used to wear it to school uh, all the time. And then that's why I say like I really resonated with the Colt McCoy era more because like that game made me a UT fan just because I never really was into. I wasn't even living in Texas. I was living in Georgia, really only watching the Cowboys. So that was probably the, the biggest moment for me as a UT fan. It made me a UT fan. Because I was like, okay, this is really what this team is capable of. So I didn't have like the the huge reaction like you did of like growing up a lifelong UT fan, being in Austin and being like, oh, you know, oh my gosh, my team just won the championship. It wasn't necessarily that for me, but it was really cool um, being from Texas and being back in Texas at that point. And then that's what made me, you know, become way more uh, heavily invested in uh, UT moving forward after that national championship. So I got to, this is probably my favorite question to ask. What was a more disappointing loss for you as a University of Texas fan? The loss to Texas Tech when Michael Crabtree pulled off one of the craziest game-winning catches of all time or the national championship loss where Colt McCoy threw two passes against Alabama and checked out of the game? Um, I guess I can answer both, but momentarily in the moment, shockingly, um, the um, – the tech, the tech game, um, because the play before that, Blake Gideon dropped a a tip, tip ball, which, you know, you go through this drill in football practice all the time, you know, and, and you let it slide through your hands. And that season in the, in the Big 12 that year, Oklahoma went to the championship game. We beat Oklahoma, Tech's be, Tech beat us, and then Oklahoma beat Tech, and OU went. You know, and they had to play Florida, I believe, which was a, a really or LSU. I don't know. I'm not. I don't know. If First, Florida, they beat, uh, Florida beat them in the championship. Yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, that that was a tough. That was a tough season, you know, to deal with that. And I think we went and beat Ohio Ohio State in the Fiesta Bowl. Yeah. Um, when Quan Quas beat I me, mean, Quan Quas be went crazy. But man, a lot of people I run into UT fans and they talk about Cole McCoy this, Cole McCoy that. I'm not a fan of Cole McCoy, bro. You know, I feel like he gave up on us. And, you know, you can sit here and say, well, you don't know what he went through. And that's right. We don't know what he went through. We don't know what was going on with his arm. But from the looks of it, it looked like he just had a stinger. We had the momentum. We had just scored. We had just got the pooch kick. We was going into the, into the red zone. And what did you do? You said, no, nah, I want to wait. I'm going to sit out. And, and and let the whole state of Texas down because I got an NFL career, you know. And I think he got he got snake bite from that, you know, because uh, not to knock him, but his NFL career wasn't. The, but he's still a good quarterback, but his NFL career didn't really pan out as we thought it would, just off of his um, college um, records, you know. So, but yeah, that really sucked. Um, and then on top of that, not to follow it up. We had um, we had um, what's his name? The quarterback coming. He was a Gatorade Player of the Year. He was in our district at Lake Travis. You know, um, I, I don't know how I'm having a brain fart right now, but no, Gary Gilbert. yeah, Gary Gilbert. You know, we I seen him play live against us, our varsity team. You know, my sophomore year, he tore us apart. He came in the game and did what he was supposed to do. Almost brought us back, but next year he folded. So it was it was kind of hard, you know, but. I'm going to say, um, the, the, I'm, I'm going to pick 
the national championship because it's not too many teams that can say that they beat Alabama in the national championship title, you know, the national championship for the title, you know, UT could have been one of those teams and we didn't make it happen. And I feel like that kind of fell on the hands of Colt McCoy. Yeah. So it's definitely going to be the tech loss for me. Um, when I look at the national championship against Alabama, uh, Colt McCoy threw two passes in that game. Like I said, I think he left either on the first or the second drive. I mean, we were up 6-0, and then Alabama scored 24 points in the second quarter. So they were up 24-6 at halftime. So, like, when Cole McCoy went out the game, and he definitely made a business decision. I believe that, you know, according to what you just said, you believe that. Um, but they were up 24-6 at halftime. We couldn't stop Mark Ingram or Trent Richardson. I, I was looking at the box score earlier, just kind of doing some research on it because it's been so long. Like, Julio Jones had one catch in that game. Like, Greg McElroy had, like, 57 yards pass, and they literally were just running the ball, like, with Mark Ingram and Trent Richardson back-to-back and dominating us. And then, of course, you know, Garrett Gilbert threw four picks. But, I mean, he was a true freshman. Like, that's – you coming in the biggest game yeah. of the season. I mean, I, you can't expect him to do too much. Um, but I just knew – I knew that game was over at halftime. He made it a little interesting in the second half, but I knew that game was over early, so I was able to cope with it. But the UT – uh, lost to Texas Tech. We were the number one team in the country. I think we were the best team in the country by far. I think we would have beat Florida in the national championship. And then like you talk about it, I mean, we're one play away from probably going undefeated that year. We had already beat Oklahoma. And Blake Gideon drops the easiest interception you'll ever have in your life. I mean, it gets tipped and it just lands in his lap. And he lets it hit the ground. And, and as you know, playing DB, like, it always seems to happen this way. When you drop interceptions like that, you always comes back to bite you. We saw when Asante Samuel uh, dropped the pick uh, in the Super Bowl, and then next thing you know, the David Tyree helmet catch happens. You know what I mean? It's just like you cannot drop game-sealing picks, and he drops it. And then, of course, on the very next play, with eight seconds left, Graham Harrell throws it up to Michael Crabtree. The safety comes over the top, doesn't even make a play on the ball or anything, just runs past the play. The corner just tried – I don't even know if he tried to arm tackle Michael Crabtree. He tried to, like, one hand shove him out of bounds. What he did, Michael Crabtree goes into the end zone. They win the game. And then, like you said, Oklahoma beat Texas Tech. Texas Tech beat us, and then we beat Oklahoma. But because of some tiebreaker, Oklahoma gets to go to the Big 12 championship game, beats Missouri, who we smacked that year, and then goes to the national championship and loses to Florida. And I firmly believe we would have beat Florida. So I think we would would have been undefeated. I think we definitely would have won the national championship. And because of a dropped pick um, and a crazy, just freakish play by Michael Crabtree, we ended up not even being able to compete for a national championship that year. And I definitely thought we would have brought it home. So it has to be the tech loss for me. Coming up next, I'll ask Andre what he thinks about the University of Texas this year, how they stack up in the Big 12 and in the country this year. And how does he feel about Texas eventually joining the SEC But first, Longhorns fans, this is Jonathan Davis with an incredible app everyone who buys gas needs to know about. Get Upside. My listeners are earning cash back for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free Get Upside app in the App Store or Google Play right now. Use promo code SCORE for 25 cents per gallon or more on your first fill up. Cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using Get Upside. Just download the app for free and use promo code SCORE for $0.25 per gallon or more on your first tank. It's Super Week, brought to you by GetUpside, and there's no better place to get coverage of the big game than the Locked On NFL podcast. Locked On Bengals and Locked On Rams are in L.A. all week covering the big game. And, of course, if you're thinking about betting on this game, 
go to betonline.net. All right, Andre. So I've been talking on the podcast all week about how excited I am. Of course, UT had the number five recruiting class in the country. They got Quinn Ewers, the number one prospect in the 2021 class to transfer from Ohio State, who will likely be the starting quarterback this year. So I, I know you're huge into college football. You keep up with all the schools in the nation. So first off, where do you think Texas stacks up in the Big 12 this year? Um, the Big 12 is where they're taking uh, at this point uh, because, one, we don't know what OU is going to look like. Uh, they have a great coach coming in. He's a great defensive coach, but we don't know how that will turn over into – on the offensive side, losing, you know, Caleb Williams and a couple of other people. Um, Baylor, we have to see if they're going to be very consistent. They had a great year this year, um, but we're going to see if they're consistent. And, again, Oklahoma State, you know how I feel about Oklahoma State, you know, Mike Gundy, you know, we'll see. But this is a year. This is a year to at least get the boat going, you know, because you have a good – I guess recruiting class coming in. You also have good transfers coming in. This is this is your year for the taking. Um, so I think they are fair really well. But the first, if I'm not, yeah, we play. We actually play Alabama this year. So yeah, we too in Austin. Yeah, the, the beginning of the season is going to be a test, you know. Um, but the Big Twelve, I think the Big Twelve. I I don't want to say no losses, but again. Um, Sometimes UT finds a way to lose some games, you know, as of recently in the past 20, in the past 10 years or so. But it's it's for us. You know, they basically gave us a game. And, and also not to mention um, the guy who has basically been the big brother to UT football since they entered the Big 12 is no longer the head coach for um, TCU is Gary Patterson. He's actually a special assistant to um, Sarkeesian. So, that's a good that's a great addition because he can easily go be a head coach somewhere, you know. So um, but yeah, this is probably the best year for UT to get back on top. You know, it's I kind of look at it as like a handicap year, but this is probably the best year for UT to get back on, on top and get ready to roll into, you know, the next phases of, you know, the history to come down the line as they transition over into the SEC. Hey, whether it's a handicap year, whatever you want to call it, uh, I'll take it. But I feel the same way. I definitely think uh, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, and Baylor are vulnerable. It's hard to go undefeated in conference play. Um, I don't know if Texas is there yet. And, of course, we got to play Alabama the second week of the season. But I think if this is a year, especially um, with Heisman hopeful, B. John Robinson, this probably being his last year at UT, I think if they're going to make some noise, it, it needs to be this year. But I think Sark got a really good recruiting class, and he'll continue uh, to build on that for years to come. Uh, so do you think University of Texas will make their first college football playoff this year? If I'm not mistaken, there was talks on expanding it this year, if I believe so. If they do expand it, yes, UT has a chance to get into the college playoffs. If it's four teams, no, I don't I don't think they're going to be able to make it, you know. <laughs> and that's just me. That's just me being being honest. Um I think the closest we got to getting into the playoffs was the year they beat Georgia. You know, um, I think we lost three games or maybe two. You know, but we haven't we haven't been a playoff team. We don't we haven't deserved to go to the playoff team. We haven't proven nothing. The teams 
that are in the playoffs every year have proven year in and year out that they belong in the playoffs. We haven't proven that yet. We can't even consistently be consistent in the Big 12, which is kind of like on a lower end of the Power 5 conferences, you know? So, but no, nah, not this year. I don't, I, I, don't, I don't think so, man, to be honest with you. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be tough. I would like to see it, um, but one with Alabama, uh, that's likely going to be a loss. And so then you would probably have to go undefeated in Big 12 conference play after that and win the Big 12 championship. Um, and I just don't know if they're on that level yet uh, to only lose one game. Uh, but I do think uh, Sark in Sark's time there, he will get UT to their first college football playoff. My last well, question well, for you. Well, I would. I'm sorry to cut you off, man. Um, the year that we lost to LSU, that was probably the best year we probably could have went to to the playoffs. We had a lot of injuries, but a lot of people try to downplay Texas as being sorry, but people really don't realize that the LSU game was, that game was decided on at third and 17. Yeah. Third and 17. Was it Justin Jefferson or Jamar Chase that scored that touchdown? I think it was Justin Jefferson. Yeah, so that game was actually decided on one play, you know, and then they went on to win the national championship. That's so that was probably the only team that probably could have won it, you know. So, but yeah, no, nah, not this year, bro. All right, and my last question for you: How do you feel ultimately about University of Texas and Oklahoma joining the SEC? I think it's a good thing. Um, I think it's a really good thing because because one outside of Texas and OU, again, not to knock anybody, not to knock any other schools, it's just OU, I mean, the Big 12 doesn't really hold any any weight, you know, outside of those two powerhouse names. Um, so it's a good it's a good addition because then it also helps recruiting. You know, I'm not into the financial part or anything like that, but it just helps recruiting. Um, and then just the the energy of being a part of the SEC. Like again, I'm not an SEC guy. I like the SEC though. I love the SEC. I you know I kind of grew up an LSU fan at the same time just because of family members, you know, being a part of the LSU program. But just hearing that, what is it that is it the ABC, you know, the CBS, you know, SEC sound and all that stuff. That's 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 the energy, you know. So it's going to be exciting. Um, like I said, it's needed. We need to go, and uh, I know a lot of schools. Well, not like, I'm not gonna say a lot of schools. The A&M doesn't like it because you take recruits from them. You know, you know how we feel about A&M being UT fans. So, I'm excited. I'm ready. Get to see us play against LSU and revisit that Arkansas robbery and seeing Alabama and Auburn. Hopefully, if they don't realign the SEC, but that's that's gonna be fun. Like I said again, it's needed. You know, so. No, definitely. Um, I I'm excited. Uh, potentially it depends on what they do in a few years before they get to the SEC. Uh, but like you said, it'll help with recruiting and just more competitive games uh, for the UT fans. But I do think they need to get to the college football playoff. Their best chance of getting there is winning the Big 12 before they get to the SEC because um, we know how much of a dog fight that is. Uh, but thank you, Andre, for coming on to the first edition of Fan Fridays on Locked on Longhorns. This is something I want to do um, throughout this podcast. If you're interested and being on Fan Fridays on Locked On Longhorns, DM Locked On Horns on Twitter or Johnzo Ball, J O N Z O Ball on Twitter to be on Fan Fridays on Locked On Longhorns. And thank you for making Locked On Longhorns your first listen of the day. If you need any ideas for your second listen, make that Locked On Bets your daily one stop shop 
for all your gambling needs. Locked on bets, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Have a good weekend, Longhorn Nation. Peace.